three, two, one. Lindsay. Mark. Lindsay Russo. Yes, that is I. With the accent over the U. Yeah. How are you doing today? It's, it's, I'm good. I'm good. I was it, I was fully engrossed in your The Essentials of Living Aboard a Boat by Mark Nichols. Because uh, as I was saying earlier, it's my dream to have a recording studio on a boat. So. Yeah. It's not as easy as you think it is. You know, I, I, I worry about like the, the movement and obviously you could only record when the boat's shut off, but I feel like there's a way to do it because then it's like, you could just go anywhere. There is. I had a full setup in my boat. Nice. Well, I do voiceover, so I don't think I probably need as much equipment as you have, but uh, yeah, it'd be yeah. good to know. It'd be good to know. When the, uh, when the metal pieces are banging off the halyard. <laughs> dying, dying. That's when you get a really good like, you know, plug-in filter to just like record that frequency and just be able to cut it. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Isotope. Isotope. Big fans. Identifying and eliminating certain frequencies. Yeah. Oh, and the, for, for all you people who do podcasting and voiceover, the declicker has saved me so much time in editing. So much yeah. time. We want to be careful, though, because we want to give them a claim, but we're also fighting for sponsorship. We don't want to give too much away true. for free, this but... Is... This is true, yeah. But so. the spectral removal tool thing. Mm, the dialogue denoiser, all amazing features. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to this episode Thank of you. The Studio Life, where we talk about all things studio. Yes. And today, I wanted to talk about the democratization of technology. Man, that's a TED Talk right there, right? <laughs> democratization. Uh, yeah, no, um, and... Uh, it's it's really interesting because it it applies across a whole swath of platforms. You know, obviously, you talk to a lot of recording engineers, and um, I actually literally just had this conversation with someone the other day about voiceover. And you know, I've heard other people say, "Oh, you got to get this piece of equipment and this piece of equipment." And no, 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 you got to have the space. Like as long as you've got a finely tuned space, which could be anywhere, you've got a studio. And that's right. Same thing. Um, cost of technology, cost of equipment. Uh, you know, we were talking about motion capture earlier. Things have gotten so much more affordable that you can use what was previously unattainable equipment and software as an indie developer, an indie filmmaker. And uh, that's right. It's really opened up a lot of doors to people. What's interesting, I think, is that we've always thought technology was giving the little guy too much opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell that to Disney. <laughs> we wanted we always wanted to feel like our investments were, right. were going to make us exclusive. Right. Because right? if you want this, you have to come to us. You know, somehow if you bought that camera, you were able to do this. But if you bought any other camera, yes, you weren't. Exactly. And now you have people winning awards for shooting films on iPhones. Yeah. On iPhones. Yeah. Fucking iPhones. Right. Who knew you could make a movie with an iPhone? Unbelievable. Yeah. Ridiculous. I just got the latest one, the 13 Pro. I won't lie. I stopped using my uh, I had a Sony, you know, whatever for my self tapes. I'm using my iPhone now. Don't Even the they... audio quality is good. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know, it's it's I mean, not it's, not, it's not Manhattan Beach Studios where you can get all of your full service studio needs done. It's not the Sennheiser <laughs> MKH50. No, no, I about. I do have in my home studio. I do have my Sennheiser 416 and my Neumann 2 LM103. Sure. So, yeah, I do have standards. I do have standards. Yeah. That's right. So. Um, you know, the the iPhone, when we should make this clear, is not Netflix approved. No, it is not. So, you know, you, you, 
you're still supposed to buy something that costs about a well, hundred times the you price. Know, and I did hear, and, and quote me if I'm wrong, I did hear that Netflix had like a list of require. It was either Netflix or Amazon had a list of requirements mm-hmm. of, you know, if you send them a film, it has to be shot, you know, this quality, you know. I, I think one of the studios was even requiring things being shot in 4K now. It's like, don't send us anything if it's not shot in 4K. Yeah, and I, I actually think it's if if they are doing the production. Oh, maybe, okay. That, that you know, and, and there are all kinds of exceptions for if a particular shot needed a camera that's not on their approved list, right. even if it's a Netflix production. Right. But um, but we've always thought that, that technology being given to the little guy meant... Um, meant that somehow every professional was going to be put out of business. So that's never really been the case. Yeah. Um, but I remember also when the word processor came out, when they when everybody, I was a lawyer at the time, and they gave everybody computers with micro, mm-hmm. with, with word perfect. Oh, man, and yeah. And the feeling was, yeah. well, everyone's going to be an author. And it turned out the people who are authors are the people who are born to be authors, not the people well, who happen to have a computer. Exactly. It's like you can have the most expensive technology in the world, but if you don't have the talent or the skills to utilize that technology, then it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I know people that have like $10,000 whisper rooms, but they're brand new to the industry and they thought just buying all this expensive equipment was going to get them work. And it's like the first couple of years of my voiceover career, I literally was living in Berkeley in this tiny one bedroom apartment. I had a sliding door closet, which I went to a salvage yard and bought these outdoor shutters, mm-hmm. put carpet remnants on it, set up like foam padding on the inside, had to wait when they weren't using the bathroom because it was on up against, you know, my studio and, uh, you know, was using a Rode NT1A and I recorded some big projects from there. And so I've had fun talks with people about like, dude, you can build a, you can build a studio on a budget if you need to, That's right. but you got to have those skills. And then when you have, you know, you work your way up the career and you can get the more expensive stuff. You're also at a point in your career when you actually know how to utilize that equipment and, you know, make it sound the best it is. But yeah, you you need to, like you said, you know, if, you, if you're a writer, you can write by hand and it's going to be amazing. You know, right. if you've got Word Perfect or what is Office now, it's like, well, if you're still writing, yeah. I don't know, cheesy limericks or whatever, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> That's right. Well, people, I think people who are born to do it, do it. 100%. Now, artists are artists. One yeah. of the, uh, but I, I feel... Like the world of technology has made some sudden, very interesting shifts lately. And, yeah. and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk yeah. to you. Um, previously, in, in other eras, we took things that required a recording studio. I, I was in the recording studio for some massive projects mm-hmm. that probably could not have easily been done in a smaller room. But it turns out everything can be done in a smaller room. The... But here we are now with a shift that's causing some things that really could have only been done in a massive multi-million dollar facility. And for the very first time, we're allowing people to do that in very, very small spaces with very minimal gear. And in this particular case, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the field of motion capture. Absolutely. And why it is not a topic just for hundred million dollar films yeah. why why it's actually important now for all of us to be talking about what what this technology is allowed definitely so here we're talking about the unities and and and, and things like that what yep. what's going on what what is this shift yeah. that's taking this thing that was out there before 
Yeah, I mean, so obviously when you say motion capture, people automatically think, you know, Lord of the Rings, Gollum. They think James Cameron, Avatar, you know, these multi-million, I don't know what James Cameron's budget could be in the billions for all I know, you know, franchises um, and you, you you know, oh, the suits with the ping pong balls and these massive football field size rooms with all the cameras around. And that absolutely is still the case for, you know, like James, uh, James Cameron, you know, he's got underwater motion capture going on for the latest Avatar. He's built entire motion capture cities, um, which, you know, that's what you can do when you have millions and millions of dollars. Um, but the technology has advanced so much in the past 20 years that... Um, you have companies like uh, Noitem International, which is an inertial motion capture company, uh, though they do now have an optical inertial hybrid. Uh, but their original baseline suit that came with full inertial tracking with finger tracking, um, I think the baseline original price was twenty five hundred dollars. So and they had special packages for indie developers, um, you know, like Unreal and Unity, which are a lot of the programs mm -hmm. used in, in motion capture. Um, they also have like indie developer packages. So now all of a sudden, whereas before you're like, oh, well, I'm not Lord of the Rings. I can't use this. Now you've got, you know, we would have indie developers coming into our studio and would be like, yeah, I prevised this scene in my bedroom. And, uh, you know, once you learn how to run this equipment and OK, make sure there's nothing metal to mess with the uh, to mess with the um, the orientation. Um, all of a sudden, you've got this technology that was previously unattainable now available to your indie game developers, your indie filmmakers, and you can do a lot more with it. And, you know, and you know, from the viewer side of things, you've noticed like, well, now you're seeing animated motion capture characters in commercials and other things like that, because it is so much more affordable to do it. And now those giant optical stages, you've got stages now that only need eight cameras and you've got magnetic tracking. Um, Sony, uh, Sony Culver City has a new virtual stage that's got optical and inertial and um, magnetic. It's one of the most high, high, mm -hmm. um, high speed stages I've ever seen. Um, and then you pair that with like photogrammetry and the new LED stages, which are also becoming much more affordable. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, if you're an indie filmmaker and you're like, oh, I don't have the budget to fly to Morocco and China and, you know, Germany to film this. Well, you get yourself an LED stage and a motion capture stage. All of a sudden you're able to be wherever you want to be and then you bring in the virtual cam with it and you're able to see or like we were talking about earlier, you know, the um, the Oculus uh, VR headsets, all of a sudden you're able to see a live stream render of what that scene looks like, which helps the mm -hmm. actors. You know, Ian McKellen is very famous for saying I didn't get into acting to play Gandalf and sit on a green screen. Well, now with your virtual cams and motion builder and these, you know, the ocular VR headsets. The actor's not getting the feel or getting the scene or the director needs to line up a shot. They just put that headset on or they look up at the monitor and mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're able to see in real time what everything looks like, uh, which is something you couldn't envision before. That's right. And, you know, you're not having, you know, the original Star Wars, obviously, you're not having to fly to Tanzania to do it. All of a sudden you're doing it on, you know, uh, an LED stage or, you know, in a motion capture, uh, either studio or inertial system. I mean, I've shot, I've done motion capture out in the back parking lot of a studio before, and then it was put pumped into an indie game. So, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what's it's happening. The, the idea of taking the uh, the handheld, the game controller, and yes. taping it to your camera, mm -hmm. yeah, and just letting the camera motions be recorded. Yeah. 
allows you to basically shoot anything, anytime, yep. anywhere. Anywhere. And you don't need to put dots on the green screen or anything because no. all of that can be controlled with these free programs. Oh, abs and that's that's the other big thing is, is you know, like uh, Unreal and Unity, which are the big game engines that, uh, that, that process this, they've all got their software free, or not free to use, but, you know, they've got it available to use. You know, they've got student mm -hmm. packages and indie packages, and they really do try to make it affordable. You know, if you're a big studio going in to use them, they're going to charge you a little bit more, but they also have scholarships, you mm -hmm. know. It's it's quite amazing, um, and, and that's something that really makes me happy is that, you know, we live in an industry where so much of the work we do is NDA and proprietary, and, you know, you don't want the other person to know what you're doing and to have some of these companies come out and just be like we're all artists let's just let's move the let's move the needle forward a little bit and let's make some art let's make some art yeah so uh, you know this obviously puts everybody in an in in an interesting position now yeah. the volumetric stages are still fairly unique they're still yeah, pretty absolutely. expensive to Very get expensive. into yeah i think each one of those cameras like a uh, OptiTrack camera system. I think each camera is either two to five thousand dollars a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's it's still no joke. No, not but at we're all. We're talking about two to five thousand dollars a per camera. Per camera, and you know, studios. A big. A, a, I would say a traditional studio probably has anywhere from thirty-two to fifty cameras. So yeah, no joke. Yeah, for less than the price of one camera a few years ago. That's true. Pretty this sick. True. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. So I think this is this is a moment. A very fascinating moment, a very scary moment. I mean, we're all scared of the little guy, right? We're all scared <laughs> that somehow it's going to become so easy. And and I'm always reminding myself of that of that yeah. of that word perfect story, which is yeah. you know, you, you helping it helps to have a quiet room. It helps to uh, you, one of the things that makes a better quality microphone from a worse quality microphone is not the audio quality mm -hmm. under normal conditions. Right. It's the audio quality under special conditions yes. when things are way too loud or way too soft right. or way too but under a normal condition it's it's acceptable right uh and very hard to tell the difference even Absolutely. from the cost of a hundred dollar microphone to a to a four thousand dollar microphone but this feels this feels a little different to me yeah. this feels like you know we've heard that on some of these volumetric stages of which we don't own one. Right. Uh, Mandalorian, however, being right over right there. Down, yep, Avatar right being the next door. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the days where they're not working, they could they could rent the studio to a car company that wants to drive yep. a car up a mountain and put it on the top of a mountain in the middle Absolutely. of the desert. And they're able to do it live. Yep. Uh, Fonco Studios, it's a studio I used to work at. It's kind of a, um, it's a production studio. It's got a lot of different companies within mm -hmm. the within there and that's where Noidum um, got their first LA stage was right there and that's something that they do all the time they started off as just a way to sell the product but then it's like well we've got all this equipment you know let's just start advertising and yeah it's like well if it's not being used for a shoot or something like that rent it out come in use it um, because especially with big productions you're gonna have a lot of downtime and there's no sense just letting it sit there you know um, idle for no reason and right. uh, yeah I mean, it's it's important to draw the attention, I think, to two YouTube videos that are out there on this, mm -hmm. because they could be done in small studios with a green screen. One of them yep. being the Corona commercial, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where uh, where the camera doll, you know, uh, dollies forward, and the perspective changes, and yeah. everything comes forward, and you see the 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 lounge chairs and mm -hmm. everything else, and all, the rest of it is not there. Yeah. Or in that particular case, I think is volumetric. Right. Is, is there but it's on screens but all of that 
that parallax is built into the way right. that the the game engine was designed the, the program was designed and right. so it recorded the dolly in and it you know everything else kind yeah. of happened and the other one is a tr somebody on a treadmill who's walking mm -hmm. and the airport moves oh yeah it just and so they're walking past. through the entire airport yeah and all just, they are is on a treadmill yeah travels with you Mm -hmm. incredible yeah. stuff it's and then this is and the thing is is like we you know those of us of an age were born before this technology was even a thing um but now you know the current generation your gen zers your gen alpha i don't know whatever the latest generation mm -hmm. is it's like they're taking coding classes in elementary school so they're they've had an iphone in their hand you know since they were infants uh so they're already learning this technology at a young age to already, you know, I live with two animators and it's like watching the stuff that they do um, digitally is just, it's it's amazing to see. And it's just like second nature for them. Um, so it's like, you've got this whole generation of people coming up who are already, before they even look at like advanced degrees or anything like that, already have a baseline understanding of how to do a lot of this technology that was cutting edge back, you know, when we were younger, um, which, is, which is really crazy to think about that, you know, the iPhone is now being used for films, whereas back in the day, you know, we had like, what was it? Uh, the the little cheap cameras that you click it and you roll the film mm -hmm. and then you have to take it to the drugstore and they produce it and you get it two weeks later. It's like, well, now, you know, oh, now it's on social media yeah. two seconds later and, you know, for better or worse on that. But uh, yeah, but but to your point, it still takes an artist to take this technology, to take this um equipment and make something of note with it right. you know you can have uh you know obviously taika watiti's working on um you know thor and marvel films now and now you know star wars in the future but if you go back and look at like what we did in the shadows mm -hmm. his original film the tv show is amazing as well it's like i don't know what the budget was on that but it could not have been great but it is a fantastic show because he is a storyteller right so he was able to do that on next to nothing um and then next well you give a marvel budget and technology and look what he can do and same thing with peter jackson you look at his old school horror movies that he did in australia mm -hmm. and it's just like with pup and like he was doing crazy things with puppets and then all of a sudden you give him lord of the rings and it's like he's still able to tell stories regardless of how much money and equipment that he has. Yeah. Well, yeah. the mindset also is that the technology can so easily get in the way. Well, and this is the other thing. And that's what, you know, that was one of the big critiques with uh, Love It or Hate It, the original, the uh, the prequels, one through three, Star Wars prequels, one through three, is that one of the big critiques was is it was using VFX to make up for the fact that the storytelling was just not mm -hmm. as solid. You know, those of us who grew up on the original Star Wars loved it so much, we didn't care that he was doing it with miniatures and everything. It was a great story to follow. And um, so sometimes I think people do try to use the big explosions and the shiny CGI to, to make up and be like, well, you know, the audience isn't going to get, or they're just going to be so entranced by the CGI. Yeah. And I mean, not. it was beautiful to watch those Star Wars movies, but I will still argue that the, you know, I will take episodes four through six any day. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not. CGI is not fun to watch if there's no story. And exactly. So when I first started out practicing law and and was interacting with people in, re in the record business and things like that, and you get these demos in, and some of them were, were, many of them were overproduced. Oh, yeah. And the idea was to try to hear the song. 
And because a, a great song yep. is a great song, which can be produced a thousand different ways. A yep. great story is a great story and can be produced a thousand different ways. Absolutely. But if it's not a great story, it can't be produced. Right. A great uh, something that's not a great song, I guess, can be produced. I've heard a lot of great songs. I mean, that you were got actually auto bad tune songs. and you throw throw a bass line behind it. Yeah. yeah, just a great drummer can sometimes mask the fact that the song is nonsensical. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, in, in in when you start turning cameras on, you, you better have a story to tell. Yeah. And I actually feel the same way. I'm a little tongue in cheek. A great song is still a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that the technology can so easily confuse us, but the gift of giving this technology to people for essentially no cost right we're talking about a free program we're talking about a, a nearly you know just a several hundred dollar you know game controller yep can record the movements of the camera and let you know so here i guess here's what I, I my philosophy in the studio is to know everything yeah not to necessarily be great at everything right. but to know and understand where the limit is and to yeah. know what could be done it almost is uh unfortunate for people who are especially in this day and age to not know the capabilities of a blender which yep. is a free 3d software and amazing animation mm -hmm. uh software but it's yep. free and it's not that hard to use and there are about a million tutorials out there oh so many tutorials uh, yeah. same thing with uh, with real or unity yeah yeah tons of tutorials sample projects um I mean, you can make your own. You can make your own project from home. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of. There's an example of a, a couple animation students uh, put together during COVID. They put together a, a what was it called? Um, God, I suck at names. Uh, but they put together, you know, these sh this short little YouTube video, and I think it took them two years to do it. But they did it with, you know, the Unreal Engine. Of course, they were artists and they had a story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, hired, you know, some voice actors i think they found them on twitter um a hell of a boss and uh next thing you know now these guys are repped by caa and you know have first look deals with whatever studios yeah. because they did it themselves and you know that's the one big thing you hear in this industry all the time is like well don't wait for the work make the work you know and that's always it's kind of hit or miss because it's like well at the end of the day there's still gatekeepers and you know how do you mm -hmm. get in front of those execs but you know, you hear of people being discovered on YouTube and TikTok making just these short little vignettes with the technology that they have available. But like you said, they are artists. They had the skills to create the characters. They had the 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 ability to write the scripts to tell these stories. It wasn't just like, look at these cool characters, you know. Um, you know, I will say on the flip side of that, though, one of the things that is of a concern from a performance standpoint within the industry right now is uh, AI technology mm -hmm. and the ability to replicate voices and train AI to replicate voices and the same thing kind of with deep fakes. And, you know, so now the fear, especially within the voiceover industry, is like, oh, well, are we going to become obsolete? Because now you have uh, more in the e-learning um, era, you know, a category right now, but you see it popping up elsewhere is that oh, we're now teaching computers to perform. So where does that leave the performer? Because now the technology is becoming the actor. Um, and, you know, an example of this was uh, was The Mandalorian this past season with Mark Hamill's mm -hmm. appearance. Obviously, that was CGI him, but his voice was also AI. And I don't, to this day, understand why they did that. 
Disney, I'd love to know um, why they didn't just record Mark and then auto-tune him or whatever. But no, that was an AI program that took samples of what Mark's voice was like in the original trilogy, processed it into this performance. And when you listen to it, you can tell, like, there's just something off, just like, you know, the Uncanny Valley. When you look at some of those CGI humans, you're like, ah, it's just not quite out. Almost. But, but how long is it going to take before that technology is like pretty convincing and then where does that leave the performer you know yeah, i think so That's i'm gonna the move the concern. cart back to where i know i was like i noticed it's it. kind of like, moving it keeps, forward and forward it keep, well, there's no breaks but i'll it. tell you it's it's val kilmer uh val kilmer in and oh, in, in maverick yes top gun yep you know he the whole voice is uh is cgi yep. um the uh there there's so many stories now you know carrie fisher and and mm-hmm. you know her appearance is now star wars yep. and stuff like that, that i mean all... it's it's magic what's happening. Yeah. And then holograms on, on stage. I, I guess I'm not as afraid of it. It's easy to joke about technology being democratized to the point where none of us have work. Right. Uh, I like to think we're still needed. I think we're still needed. And and uh, we've always been afraid of technology through this, all of history. This is very true. We've always been afraid of robots taking away yeah. people's jobs. Right now we can't find enough people to take the jobs. We've always been afraid of the unknown. Yeah. When, in fact, a lot of the time what we end up doing is adapting and yeah. realizing that great story still wins. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess with that said, we've covered a topic. I think we have covered a topic. Yeah. So, so uh, all you indie filmmakers and game developers and everything, go go get your free technology and make something awesome. Make yeah. the next Overwatch or the next, uh, I don't know, what was another low-budget film? that uh, Parasite. No, that I think that had a budget, though. But anyways, yeah, yeah. make art. Make art. All right. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time with the studio Thanks life today. Thanks for being here. It's a lovely studio. And so that's it for us today. Keep watching. How was that? It was good. All right. All right. That was a good run through. You guys ready to do it? Great. Let's uh, uh, back to one. <laughs> All right. That was I think- great. Thanks. Hit the <laughs> Three, two.